0: Hey, gang. West Buck here. Drag Illustrated Magazine. Check it in. I got my uh, main man murder tundra in the house. We're going to uh, dive through a whole bunch of questions that have been sent into the podcast. I do want to say thanks to all of our listeners. This steal's really taken off, kids. It's really taken off. I'm super excited about it, and I just appreciate all the support. This is a This is a platform for me that really comes naturally. Huge shocker, talking about drag racing.
1: You talking, yes.
0: Yeah, me talking about drag racing is something that I'm super passionate about. But it is a great... I think it's conversational, and I think that it really lends itself to our industry. So many of us spend time, like tons of time, in airports, on planes, in trucks, just on the road traveling. And this audio format, it's personal. I do think that whole conversational aspect that we have when we're in here together, but it really works well here. You know, I've even thought about as much as I love doing our live show on Facebook on Wednesday afternoons, it is hard. I mean, not everybody can dive into that and participate in it at 2 PM central standard time on Wednesdays. And so I think we've left some people out. I mean, since we started the live show, we had people saying, Hey man, can you like turn this into a podcast? I'm an over the road trucker or I drive for force, John force racing or whatever. And these guys want to talk about. They want to listen to. They want to be engaged in a conversation that that circles around this whole deal, you know, that, that what we're all passionate about, drag racing. So again, I just want to thank everybody for the support. It's been uh, it's been really cool, man. So remember to share this thing on your social media. Leave us a review. Click like. Subscribe. Whatever you're supposed to do. I think subscribe. That's really an important thing. So yes, thank you very much. Uh, what's going on, Murder Tundra? How are Not you? much, man? You doing all right? Yep. You're all dolled up. Uh, I know. You going? Well, you got a date? Funeral. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe I shouldn't have brought up your your afternoon plans. I knew you said you had some stuff to do this afternoon. I'm sorry that that's what it is, but uh, we're gonna. You look nice.
1: Yeah, we're gonna go to the funeral and then we're all going to Smitty's.
0: So you're gonna go party? That's like the deal with you guys.
1: Well, I mean, you you know, celebrate yeah.
0: life. <laughs> <laughs> celebrate life. That's right, man. You're doing it uh, every day, but especially the day that you get buried. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Man, what a deal. It's always funny because you go, like, I go to funerals and I'm, like, back to work in an hour. Oh. You go to funerals and you're back in two days.
1: Well, yesterday was a holiday it, that, that we really? worked.
0: Oh, okay. Here we go. So. Yeah, what was it? What are so, you talking Yeah, I don't. Halloween. Well, Halloween, Halloween, Halloween should be a It should be a holiday. holiday. It should be. Oh,
1: my gosh. It should be. Oh, my god. My gosh. So, basically, I'm just taking comp time.
0: <laughs> this is hilarious, man. Oh, you're a train wreck. Oh my goodness. Well, I hope things go well at the party. I mean funeral yeah. this afternoon for you. But I got a slew of questions and this is this is really cool. And I'm actually digging through my email right now trying to find I forgot. I got a really, really good uh email from a, a listener the other day that I don't wanna completely I don't wanna completely gloss over, man. I mean there's um, I'm having no luck here. Let's see if I can find it. Well, it's not looking. It's not looking promising right now. So, anyways, we'll move on. First question, and this is kind of a cool one because it's happening right now. Is the Pro Stock title race, what's going to make the difference? And right now, in the top three, four spots in the NHRA Pro Stock points, we got Erica Enders, Matt Hartford, Jeg Coughlin, Jason Line, Derek Kramer in the top five. And I got to tell you, that's kind of interesting because it's not at all the way I thought it was going to play out. If you look early, at the, early in 2019, it kind of looked like the Summit Cars... Uh, KB Racing, Greg Anderson, Jason Line, Bo Butner, they were going to run away with it. That's how it looked. And what I saw early on, and I'm assuming everyone else noticed this, was it felt like there were a lot of cars capable of qualifying well, but on race day, nobody could really compete with the KB cars. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that those are like separate functions. Like, obviously, it all goes together. But I think there's a reason it's so unique when someone qualifies number one and then wins the race.
1: Because right.
0: they're normally kind of separate things. Like, mm-hmm. when you run the table like that, you've really done something. Agreed? Yeah. Because I think it, there seems to be a lot of teams that you give them four shots in good and good conditions, they're probably going to be able to make a run. But you, you put them in competition. In, a, in competition, right? I mean, do you... I mean, do you see that same type of thing where it's just a different function? I mean, I'm not trying to call anybody out. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, some people qualify well. We see this in all types of racing, right? Mm-hmm. Down it in, in radial tire racing, pro mod racing, there are guys that they're all they're, they're fast, mm-hmm. right? They can, they can make a run. You give them four shots at it, they're going to be in the top two, three for sure. But on race day, stringing three, four runs together in a row,
1: right? And the head games that go on the line, and I mean everything. You know, I mean it's it's different.
0: It is. I mean, I think you see it at all levels, man. I mean, in the, in it's like the, what
1: they call a lot of athletes workout warriors. You know, yeah. you, know you know, they're like workout warriors, but or, uh, uh, you know, game time fast. You know, because a lot of people aren't. They don't look that fast in practice, but man, on game come, day, come, come game day, you know, they're there and they're. And I think this true. Yep.
0: And I I think it's a good observation because it seemed like. Early in the year, we had a lot of teams like it was, you know, the elite teams would qualify really well. And then they weren't able to translate that performance into race day success. The the KB cars, for instance, and in a slew of them, they may not be number one qualifier or whatever, but they're going to go rounds. They're probably going to win the race. I mean, they were they looked like world beaters early in 2019. And to think about, you know, Eric Anders leading the points after, you know, the struggles that they had early in the season. It, I mean, going however many races without winning one. It just goes to show you, it kind of reminds me of that year that Troy Coughlin won the NHRA Pro Mod Championship without ever winning a race. It's crazy. And, and I know a lot of people were like, man, eh, it's bullshit. But not really, right? I mean, you want to see your champion win all the time, right? At least, sure. least a
1: few. At least a few. I mean.
0: But don't people need not sleep on going rounds? Right. You have to go rounds on race day. And I see it time and time again, these teams that just, they, they may qualify in the top eight. But there's, they're, they're done in round one. They mm-hmm. just can't get past that, get over that round one hump. And I think there's just so much pressure in these categories right now because there's no ducks in pro stock. In, I mean, pro, pro mod, zero ducks. And and you've got a handful of, I mean, you've got a handful of cars that aren't full-time racers that I think most of these guys and gals in Erica's case or whatever, they go to the line knowing there's there's some cars out here that they should be able to beat. They should be able to beat consistently should be able to beat. And that's not a slam. It's just a fact. It's a slam. It's a little bit of a slam. It's not a slam. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just poking you about your hobby racing. Yeah,
1: that that deal gets people fired It does. It's unbelievable. But anyways,
0: (laughs) I'm really excited to see how this Pro Stock Championship deal shakes out. And I think that, that it's interesting because of this. The top three cars, Erica, Enders, Matt Hartford, Jed Coughlin, all elite power, right? And I just think that Erica and Matt, I mean, her, Erica's biggest threat, no question, is Matt Hartford, who is a member, who is a lease customer for Elite Motorsports, right? He gets his power from Elite Performance, one of Richard Freeman's companies. and, But he's not necessarily a teammate. You know, he, he's a single car team. And I just think that it's, you wonder about the head games and the mind games. Matt, it would feel, to some extent, is kind of racing with like, what do they say, house money? Like, this guy was a... I've always had a lot of respect for Matt as a driver. I think he's very talented, uh, and, and he tunes the car himself with some help, obviously, and he, he makes a lot of these decisions. He's hands-on, and he's kind of like that racer's racer. But he was a part-time guy a year ago. Mm-hmm. They reduced the schedule. He, deci- he makes the decision to go run all 18 races, and holy crap, here he is in the thick of things, a couple of rounds out of the championship, or out of number one, and... I just think that that's got to be Erica's biggest threat, right? And they also know that he's got big power because he's got the power that they've got. Right. And, I, and it's a very common understanding in that whole camp that, like, I've heard it a thousand times this year, that they'll take the motor out of any of those cars and put them in any of their cars, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, that's what it is. And it's really interesting because I think for Erica or Jag or anybody, it's probably easier to get up on the wheel when you're racing – Greg Anderson or Jason, Le- like your arch nemesis, the people that you like lay awake at night thinking about beating. Mm-hmm. But Matt Hartford, he's kind of one of your part of the team. He's an extension of the
1: team. And you got him. But yet he's independent. And he's. Yes. And and, and man, that's a great story for. It is. For fans. It's a I mean, great story, people, people love an underdog. Because, I mean, know? they do. And
0: Erica, I mean, she's part of a 3-4 car team in any given time. They have tons of data. They got a slew of the greatest crew chiefs in the industry, right? I mean, Mark Ingersoll, I would argue, is amongst the smartest people in drag racing. Uh, Ricky Jones, Rick Jones, Brian Lump, Self, Jake Harrison. I mean, that is a, a legit brain trust over there. And you got Matt kind of going it solo, so to speak. And it's just really it is a great story, man. And I yeah. think that he's he's free and easy out here, man. He's defied all expectations. Done better than probably anybody other than maybe himself expected. I bet he surprised himself. I really do. I bet he has surprised himself. And it's pretty cool
1: though, going first time, going full time racing or you know. Being number
0: 2 in the yeah, points. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. It is crazy, man. Yeah. And he's had a busy year like he bought Total Seal the Piston Ring Company, mm-hmm. uh, at, in the summer. That was announced. So now he's a company owner. He's contending you know, at the highest level of NHRA drag racing and pro stock, excuse me, and I just think that that's, that's got to be Erica's biggest threat because I'm, I'm sure she's got her eyes on Jason Lyon. I'm sure she's got her eyes on you know, Jed Coughlin, these guys, but I really see Matt Hartford out here just playing with house money. He, no one expected him, in, in my opinion, to be in this conversation at this time of the year. He's been right there, notoriously good lever. I mean, he'll go 003, 007. I mean, he, he is a good lever, great driver. And if the car is there, he he wins. He is a good racer. But here's the here's the secret sauce. And we're kind of talking about this almost in real time because people are going to be listening to this. Later today, But, you know, at some point today, and we're going to know, you know, here very shortly w- what's going to happen this weekend because it's it's happening. It's in process right now. The ball's in the air, basically. But I got to tell you, and I don't need to brag on Erica any more than I already have. But Erica Enders, in my opinion, in this situation, there's nobody better. When she has to win, when, this is when she's at her absolute best. Because you see her... And I, you know, I've seen it with my own two eyes in 2019 that like she's she wouldn't be comfortable in that free and easy moment. You know what I mean? Like, if you switch positions, put Erica in this situation that Matt Hartford finds himself in, where there's, hey, man, no one expected us to be here. We're defying all of our own expectations. This is phenomenal to even be in the conversation. I mean, there's a press release on NHRA. There's a story on NHRA.com today with Derek Kramer. Um, reveling I think that's the headline revels in championship conversation I'm telling you qualifying in pro stock is a massive achievement winning a pro stock race is a massive achievement winning a, a, a pro stock championship is an incredible achievement but listen to that headline Derek Kramer revels in championship conversation this dude's happy just to be in the mix yeah. It's like making the playoffs. Basically, mm-hmm. he made the playoffs. Great year. Doesn't matter if, you know, we shut her down now. We made the playoffs. We're in the hunt. At, at two races to go, they're in the hunt. And I'm telling you, if you put Erica Enders in that situation where, like, hey, man, whatever happens, happens. It's great. We're just happy to be here. She's going to suck. She's going to do horrible. Literally. Yeah. I mean, she's going to do terrible. I, and I'm not being mean. Just saying that she thrives on, all right, listen, we've got to win. You've got to leave first every round. You need to be perfect. And if you are, we're going to win a world championship. She's going to deliver. And I guarantee you, I got goosebumps just talking about
1: how oh badass boy. it is. Goosebumps. It is badass. I
0: mean, it's. I guarantee you there's not a person in that top 10 or whatever that, that expects her to give them one. Like, they're not going to, you're not going to slide by Erica. You're not. And I think it's going to be interesting to see, man. I think this is an opportunity for her to really, she's a two-time world champion. They went back-to-back in NHRA Pro Stock. Again, I'd argue few achievements mean more in in drag racing than Pro Stock titles. She earns this third one. I already think she's in the argument, uh, in the conversation for, you know, the the best to do it. But man, she's going to be up there. This is a huge accomplishment, and if she gets even being here with the year they've had and some of the struggles they've had, it's really, it's really impressive. But I got to tell you, man, I I'd bet the house on her. I would. I
1: you know, think I, that- I went down to Winnie Wood, Oklahoma, a few times, and I think I got their program back on track.
0: Did, did you get things? <laughs> fixed I mean, up? I, yeah. I- Showed Richard a
1: few things and you know,
0: yeah, give him, uh, lend him some, yeah. loan well, them a you'll notice, you know, that's when, yeah, it's when everything <laughs> turned around. That's when everything <laughs> turned around. Your da- how about Winniewood, <laughs> Oklahoma, man? Yeah, it's a wild place. There's like eight people there at any given time, and they all work for Freeman, uh, yeah, even like some
1: random guy. That so I stayed in milkshakes. the town, what was, what was the town, Paul's called? Valley, Paul's Valley, yeah. And I was like, asked around, like, where's the bar at? I don't think we got a bar, we got a Mexican restaurant down it there, serves down there. Alcohol. yeah, so like hanging out there and it's kind of like yeah, here yeah and then i did find one finally and a this bar? place was rough
0: really well you better yeah. be careful someone's listening probably owns it
1: no i don't think so <laughs> i really don't know <laughs> no. i mean it's rough uh, i mean even really? the locals don't even know it's there well yeah that's <laughs> pretty rough I mean? man man was it it's like blandex a, walls it was yeah really mm-hmm.
0: that's getting it that's go. i mean blandex walls that's yeah that's old school baby uh, kind of reminds me of like the chicken coop we talked about. Yeah, my first office, the chicken coop, the remodeled chicken coop, man. But anyways, I do think this pro stock title race is super exciting. Erica's got a couple of rounds on Matt Hartford, um, a few more on Jed Coughlin and Jason Line, but it's so close, man. That if if a guy has a killer weekend and someone else chokes, it, it I mean, it, big changes could happen,
1: or has problems, you know what I mean, or has yeah.
0: problems, man. And this stuff is fickle. It really is. I mean, we see it. Drag racing is a humbling deal. Hero to zero from weekend to weekend, sometimes run to run. I mean, on Friday night, you look like a stud crushing everybody, set the record, and Saturday your stuff won't move, won't get off the starting line. You don't know why. It's hard. This deal's hard. (laughs) It is. I mean, it'll it'll break you, and I'm excited to watch this kind of shake out here I'm choking over my coffee I do think the top fuel and funny car races are gonna be fun to watch it would be as to see Steve Torrance go back to back would be I think it's it's cool I think it's a great story I really like Steve I didn't know Steve that well and to be honest I thought we didn't like each. I don't know we didn't we never really talked and I'm like ah, I don't know if I like that guy or whatever I did I just never you know what I mean like It's just kind of that classic thing until you meet someone and actually spend some time around them. And I spent some time around him back in the summer, and it was just we were, you know, closing down a bar, I think is what was actually happening. And he was great. I mean, he was just a great guy and chatty and opinionated and smart, you know. We were talking about the business of racing and NHRA and. Yeah, you know, all the things they do wrong or whatever. Typical of course, boy. of course, yeah, <laughs> of course I mean, it's, it's what everybody yeah, talks. Never, about. I mean, you
1: never just say they did something good. No, I mean, my god, never, <laughs> never,
0: man. It's America. Yeah. We're gonna beat on them. But uh, great guy. But I got to tell you, Doug Coletta, second in the points. It would be cool to see him pull this off, man. They uh, he's been so close. Perpetual bridesmaid, man. I used to, you know, this kind of used to be the song and dance that surrounded. Ron Caps, he was always like number two, mm-hmm. real close, just couldn't seal the deal, and he finally broke through, and unfortunately, Ron's not been able to, you know, do, do it again. But he's he's maintained himself, getting that championship, having that breakthrough. Sometimes that that it, that's all it takes is just breaking through one time, learning how to win, learning how to win in those situations when it matters most, and. But Doug Coletta, you have to think, is not like super late in his career. He's not an old guy or anything. But he's been doing this for a long time. And to have been here in the thick of things for this long, it it would be great, I think, for that whole Coletta camp. Sometimes you just, this sounds, if you think about the key players that, that, this sounds bad, but prop drag racing up. You got Connie Coletta, Don Schumacher, John Force, Field, a, a lot of cars. Yes. We need them right and i'm not saying anybody needs to lay down or anything like that but it would be great to see connie getting you know older uh late in life it'd be great to see him win a championship here you know i mean i think that that would be fantastic and sometimes your
1: timing's just off too i mean if you have somebody dominating over here yeah you're you're winning if you come up at any other time you know let's say you're winning but man you know you have somebody that's just dominant you're like like Tiger was for years, you yeah. know, and th- Phil couldn't get the win because Tiger was, you know, he it's not that have won wasn't and... a stud, right? It's but just, just that somebody is dominant at that time. Charles you know? Barkley. Yeah.
0: Jordan. Yeah. He talks I about mean, it all the time. Like, uh, he would have had a bunch of, yeah, he'd have had a yeah. bunch of rings. Yeah. But if Michael Jordan it, wasn't Michael around. Jordan's around, but you, you got know? this guy, you know, and I yeah. think that, you know, but Steve Torrance would probably really appreciate a Michael Jordan, uh, comparison, but He's kicking everybody's ass right now. They yes. got the best stuff. They got the fastest car. They got the best people, and it's kind of expected for him to win. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of expected. So it would be cool, I think, to see uh, Doug Coletta squeak this deal out. However, and I the only thing I'll say about this Steve Torrent situation is that they've, they have a big business. Capco is a huge business. Their business. Um, he and his father, Billy's business is enormous. And I know that this is taxing on their, on their operation to race 24 times a year. There's some of the strongest, op- uh, proponents of a reduced schedule. And you know, th- it scares me a little bit because if you go out and win back to back world championships, what's Steve Torrance got left to prove? Go for a three peat, go for, a, you know what I mean? So you worry sometimes like, Hey man, this guy comes out here and wins a couple world championships in a row. He may park this shit. He did it. Yeah. Y- y- you know what I mean? I'm just saying, because the thrill of it is one thing, because they could still go out and race 10, 12 times a year and have fun. Do burnouts, go 300? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They-, they could keep their stuff. They could keep guys on staff. They have the resources and the well- wherewithal financially to do that. Now, you have certain people that don't want to do it if they can't go compete for a championship. But you already see Billy, Steve's dad, he races on a part-time basis, seems to be having a f-ing blast. So I don't see any reason to think that that's not a possibility for that whole camp. So, now, Grant, I don't want that to be the case because, you know, I was actually having this conversation uh, the other day with the, the Laganas. Man, I really, Bobby and Dom Lagana that, that kind of serve as the, 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 the crew chiefs there on the Capco cars. Dude, those guys, drag racing needs them out there all the time. They're just cool. They wear high top Jordans. They got flat bill hats on. They're just as cool as it gets. They are cool dudes. They're young Excitable, passionate. I literally, one of my favorite Lagana, this, and this isn't one of my favorite stories about these two guys, is not working all night on a. I have two really good Lagana stories. One is being in, it was March or something, and I was in Phoenix, Arizona for the NHRA Nationals at Firebird Raceway out there, or whatever it's called, Wild Horse Saloon Raceway. It's in Phoenix, whatever it's, or Wild Horse Casino, whatever, it doesn't matter. I was in Phoenix. I was at an air, at a hotel. I'm sitting at the hotel bar. Shocker, right? Sitting at the hotel bar, and this this podcast is kind of um, what's uh, incriminating.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, Glad I'm like, my wife doesn't listen.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> no. um, so I'm sitting at the bar in the hotel bar in Phoenix, and here comes Bobby and Dom Logana, straight from the racetrack, and they're in their arms collectively are a bunch of electronics and stuff. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They sit down next to me, because I'm sitting closest to the TV, and they, they're hooking up a PlayStation 2. Two. Yeah. Not a four, which <laughs> is the generator. I mean, for those of you that are not don't have kids, um, they're hooking up a PlayStation 2 to the TV in the hotel bar, so they can play NHRA Championship drag racing on the PlayStation. And they like bust out two controllers... It's split screen in the middle so that one car's on the top and the other car's on the bottom and they're in there changing their tune-up and changing fuel flow and I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> they're literally, they were just at a drag strip doing this for real, doing it with real cars, mm-hmm. with, like race-winning cars. These guys aren't, also runs. they're they're crushing everybody and then as soon as the race is over sprint to the hotel so they can drag race on a video game it's hilarious man it's cool. it was really really cool i also saw these guys in cordova illinois this hasn't been that long ago a couple of years ago what did they run they were there as a booked in show as a match race deal at the world series i think it was the world series of drag racing whatever they were there and this has been a few years ago and it was dark that place is dark anyways. It's, it, you know, they have lights, but it, it's, you get late at night there, ten, eleven, 11, whatever, 12 o'clock at night. It was midnight. It might have been after midnight. Now I'm bullshitting a little bit. It was after midnight. I'm almost positive. They've got a top fuel dragster, Murder Tundra. It's not like you're your Yoda. It's not. I mean, they've got a top fuel car, and they're, like, going to shut the race down because do it's getting dark, you know, whatever, do on the track, whatever, and, uh. They're like, well, we really want to run. We really want to run fast, you know. We want to go run three hundred something mile an hour here, and they're like, all right, fire it up. So these dudes, I mean, they're wiping the dew off the little windshield on this thing. Bobby is. Dom's in it. And this, like I said, this is not a street car. This is a twelve thousand horsepower (laughs) top fuel dragster, and they're like, send it, and they go out there and run. God, what did they run? Three hundred something in front of like. Nine people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just to do it, just to say they did. And it was literally one of the most badass things I've, ev- I've ever seen. I mean, I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to try to try to type it in here. Uh, Lagana, uh, Cordova, because it's worth talking about, man, because that's the type of stuff that you just don't, I don't know. That, that's drag racing for all the right reasons. Yeah, 334 miles an hour. <laughs> it, just just because, right? And I just thought, to be honest, to go up there and do that just for the sake of doing its it doesn't get any cooler than that. They go crack off a 334 mile per hour run. Uh, what a stunning deal that was. I think I shot a video of it with my iPhone. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but it's just absolute insanity. And there, there was more than nine people there. But still, it was late. No need to do this. Like no need whatsoever to go out there and and do this, but they did it anyways, man. So That's cool. Uh, there's some of my favorite racers. We're gonna do I've got an idea for some stuff that we're gonna do about them in Drag Illustrated. They need to be celebrated. We're not doing shame on us. We need to celebrate these guys for what they're doing. Like immediately it has to happen. Um, okay, so the the next question, there's a fun one here. So here let's do let's do one more for uh, along the lines of this weekend's race. So what's the vibe at the Vegas race? It seems cooler than normal. Is it just that SEMA is going on? We talked about That's this some a little of it. last week. And I do. I think that it's just every, there's everybody there. And it's Vegas, baby. And it's Vegas. <laughs> it's too bad that every drag race can't happen in Vegas. Yeah. I think the thing that, and this is something that I think that you can, you can touch on a little bit with football stadiums and baseball uh, fields or whatever you call it, I think Vegas is one of the few tracks that has, like, a visual signature. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and the hardcores can identify any track, probably. Like, you see a passing clip of, and this is just, some, like, a side note thing that I wanted to talk about briefly. I do think drag strips need to be challenged to stand out. Like, the way that, you know, Yankee Stadium stands out and has this kind of thing. And I think drag racing track. Ban- Bandamere. Bandamere. Yeah. You, you can see it in a clip and immediately identify it, right? Yep. And I just don't know that enough drag strips are like that. It's it's important and I, I think that Vegas the, they embrace sin city. They've got the show girls, they got the big Las Vegas logo painted on the ground. They they've got the guy that's that looks like a set of dice or whatever running around. They 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 embrace putting on a show, which is right up, you know, exactly what you expect in Vegas. And I do think that there's something special about this race. It, this is probably one of my favorite NHRA races to go to. Massively well attended. Just in in general, it's massively well attended. So there will be a ton of people there and it always makes you feel good about what you're doing. Because man, there are a ton of people here. The the secondary part of it is that the the Vegas thing, everybody being all these all these industry people coming out there to SEMA, I think really, you know, I mean, you're seeing people at the racetrack that you don't normally see.
1: Yeah, I'd say a lot of them. That's the one race maybe they even hit that year, right? Yeah, you the know? one race they Cause hit because so they can go there and then go straight to SEMA. Right.
0: I mean, like Aaron Van Heel, the marketing manager, motorsports marketing director, I believe at uh, Intercomp. I've known Aaron for fifteen years, and like that's the one NHRA race he gets to. He comes out a couple of days early because mm-hmm. he's got to go to SEMA for work, and he goes and he hangs out for a couple of days, you know. And it's that's a, a really cool part of it. But there is there's just something different about being. In Las Vegas, there's stuff going on, and people are fired up and excited to see. And I think there's also a part of it that the end is near. Like, when you can see the finish line, we're one race away from the end. For the Pro Mod guys, this is it. It's over. And I think that there's just a little bit of a collective sigh of relief. Because, I mean, I'm telling you, man, Sunday night, you go to any hotel casino, everybody's partying. Mm -hmm. Especially all, uh, all my Pro Mod homies because it's over they're cu- right. they're done they're gonna take a little
1: break well a lot of time the rounds matter you know at this point very because you, know, you know in the hunt for a championship or, right there's you know, some like, electricity in the like air like this year Stevie's matters. got it locked up but right. you know I mean
0: in years past it's come down to like the, the semi-final round or I mean it's it's really been a you gotta pay you gotta stay on top of it and it's I do think that Vegas is just special. Vegas is special for me for a multitude of reasons. I just love going out there. I'm not a big gambler or anything like that. But it feels like Vegas is big and fake and everything that I kind of want the world to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just everything's overdone. The, the, the food is good. The, and I don't think there's a lot of uh, like negativity. Everybody's out there like chasing the dream. I mean, you can go find, you go downtown late enough at night or early enough in the morning and you're going to find some down on their luck people. But people are out there having a good time, uh, living their best life, pulling off a murder tundra. Oh, yeah. You know?
1: I love love Fremont Street.
0: Oh, I just love, I love everything about Vegas, man. I really do. I like the airport.
1: I like... I got you to gamble that one night, remember? Yeah,
0: a couple times. And you
1: you really, you enjoyed it. I did, too much. I was like, whoa, we may be gambling more often now. (laughs) I'm in on blackjack. Yeah, wait till I... Get you to go to a buffet. <laughs> he won't go to a buffet. I don't like I buffets. love buffets. I like, they're okay. There's some nice buffets there. The this buff- isn't the Golden Corral, man.
0: Yeah. Do they have nacho cheese fountains? They better. They better. Yeah. The buffet, uh, we went to the buffet, Alicia and I went to the buffet at the Wynn a couple of years ago. And it and was it a was, win. It was a win. <laughs> the buffet at the Wynn is a win. It was, I felt victorious. I also needed an
1: oxygen mask. I could hardly walk. I and my sick. brother went to Caesars one year. Oh, they have they do a good bit. I mean, you you can get steak and lobster. I mean, it's crazy.
0: It is amazing, man. Can you imagine the expense that's associated with all that? Lord, I
1: I can't. And then the I get my money's worth. Oh yeah, guarantee you. Well, I
0: mean, and you just think about man, how many people pour through those places. Um, I have a great buffet story. This is one of my. This is a great story. So it was like the probably the early on in Alicia and I's relationship. So we were it's probably the second or third time we went to vegas and admittedly so for anybody that's trying to you know uh, lure me into a meeting or whatever over the course of the next vegas is like a, a vacation for us when we go to this race we go to shows we go out to eat we have fun we spend some time together i'm gone all the time i'm not i don't make apologies for it we're gonna have fun we go to vegas and we have a big old time so the every year when we go in October. But anyways, this was uh, we went this is probably the second or third time we'd ever been to Vegas and we were doing it on the cheap. I remember because early in the business, I was trying to just get a good deal and we stayed at like Planet Hollywood. Right. And which isn't bad. It's not great. It's not bad, though. Um, we stay there. We would get checked in and, and go up to our room and we're hungry. We're going to go eat breakfast. So there's if there's a buffet that Wes will hit, it's a breakfast buffet. I like bacon, gravy, uh, scrambled I'm in. You know, I don't love, like, hotel scrambled eggs. I may walk past those. But if there's bacon, gravy, biscuits, stuff like that, I'm in, right? So we go down to, the like, the lowest level. I think it's, like, the basement or whatever of the Planet Hollywood to go to the buffet. We go down this escalator, walk up, and this She's uh, you know me. I'm always listening to a pitch. Right. I'm happy to listen to your pitch. So I'm like two buffets or whatever. And they're like nine hundred dollars <laughs> or whatever it is. It's, it was like ninety seven bucks or whatever. She's like, well, hey, I can upgrade you guys right here on the spot for an additional like 20 bucks a person. You can have 24 hour access to the buffet so you can eat here as much as you want, come as many times as you want. You get to like go into a shorter line so you don't have to wait for a table, like expedited thing. <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I guess I'm whatever. I'm in." You know, I look at Alicia and she's like, "Well, we could eat lunch here too, you know, and and whatever and maybe like does it really last 24 hours so could we have breakfast here tomorrow?" She's like, "Yeah, you know, like whatever in this time frame." And I'm like, "Okay, let's do it. Let's let's do it." So, anyways, she was, "Can I see your wrist?" I'm like, "What for?" She's like, well, I w- I'm gonna put your bracelet on. <laughs> We're
1: just see how much bigger it is after 24 hours. I, no, no, no,
0: it, she goes, uh, well, I need your wrist to put your bracelet on. I'm like, well, what bracelet for what? For the buffet, for the buffet pass. I'm like, well, can't you give me a card or something? I don't want to wear a. I mean, I don't want to wear a bracelet. Look at all day. me! I don't want to wear a bracelet all day, you know. <laughs> she goes, uh, no, all we really have we have these buff these bracelets. So, anyways, I stick my hand out. I'm like. I don't want, I'm, I'm not into the, I'm, I hate to say that I'm this self-conscious, but I don't want to be the dude walking around in a neon pink bracelet all day or whatever. So I stick my hand out, and here she goes with the vinyl bracelet, in, in it's blue, neon blue, and in gigantic black, like, impact font buffet of buffets
1: that's what it says all the way around it
0: 24 hour pass buffet of buffets
1: just here to eat baby that's what it's
0: unbelievable and i'm like oh my god and alicia see i am mortified like oh my okay so they put this on or whatever and we uh anyways we eat and I'm, I can't get over this bracelet. I'm like, I'm not. I'll just th- take it off. I don't know. So, no, we're going to eat lunch here, and we'll go somewhere else for dinner, and then you can take it off. And I'm like, whatever. So, we eat breakfast. We go to the room, and it's like, hey, let's go to the pool. So, we go to the pool, and the pool at Planet Hollywood, this would have actually been in July, not October, just for the record. So, it's like 600 degrees out. So, we go to the pool, and this place is bumping, Murder Tundra. You'd have loved it. Loud music. People are partying. It, I think that that place is like... Um, it's middle of the road price wise enough that young people are there. Young people are there to have a big time, right? So we jump in the pool or whatever, order drinks or whatever. And we kind of we get kind of ourselves in this corner that's filling up with people. So all these people, young folks, you know, and we we're old souls to begin with. myself especially, uh, like I like to work and sleep. You know what I mean? Like, that's like my primary function. Alicia's
1: not when you get a few drinks in no, her. Alicia's not like the that. Hudson I, comes out in her. Hudson
0: comes out in her. But for real, I, I was like, I don't really fit in that crowd very well. But anyways, there's chicks everywhere and all these like buff dudes or whatever. And this girl, and Alicia's not liking this. You know, this chick's talking to me. And she goes, where'd you? she points at my bracelet. And she goes, where'd you guys go last night? We went to Tao. And then we went to... Excess at the wind or whatever. And we were there till 5 a.m. or whatever. We had bottle service, blah, 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 blah. She goes, Where'd you guys go? <laughs> the buffet. And, <Popeye>. <laughs> <laughs> and I pick my wrist up and I look down and I'm like, this is just for the buffet. <laughs> it was horrible. Or
1: my <laughs> it was the worst. My buffet
0: bala. <laughs> oh, it was and I literally I like as soon as these people left us alone. We tore um, that bitch down. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, so funny, dude. I had thirds. <laughs> yeah. I had thirds, man. <laughs> closed it down. It was the last one there standing at the at the prime rib
1: counter. had to kick us out because we eat, ate oh. so much. Oh, my god! It was
0: humiliating, though. <laughs> it, it worked out great because we were instantly not cool enough to be part of that club, and they just left us alone. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, nope, not hanging out with those people. <laughs> they came here to go to the buffet, you know. It was horrible. My God, it was horrible. I like but when it,
1: Mike does that, too. You know, like, hey, I think we're going to go to the buffet tonight. Mike's like, what? Mike Carpenter. For yeah, those he's like, what? Know. No, we're not. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, nope, uh, nope, we're not. <laughs>
0: I, I don't love getting up and going to get my food. I like when the people bring it to me, and I guess it's just like having spent. Uh, it's just nice. I like it. I'm not like, trying to be a king or nothing. I mean, I'm not against it. I mean, I'm fine. With <laughs> yeah, that. I'm fine with it. But no, man, it's uh, so yeah. That's one of my Vegas. I have a lot of Vegas stories.
1: I, I got, like to go to those clubs that where people dance. And I don't have to get up to dance.
0: it's kind of the same thing right yeah it's kind of the same thing
1: yeah um polls everywhere yeah
0: yeah dude i man the uh vegas is crazy i went to vegas the second i think the second or early on in my vegas probably the first or second time i went probably the second time i ever went to a race i went out there and i was there for a uh for the NHRA National Event, and it was in spring. It was the spring race, I believe. Yes, definitely the spring race, not the fall race. So we went out there, and I was with a good buddy, and we got invited to go to a, a nightclub with a very prominent pro stock racer. I'm not going to name names here. But this guy had a VIP lounge, the whole bit. Like uh, He had a VIP table, bottle service, the whole bit, at a really big nightclub in a hotel, like a Las Vegas strip hotel. So I'm going, I can't say no to this, right? And I'm like, well, how do I get in? They're like, when you get there, just tell them who you're with, and they will get out of the way. And I'm like, really? Oh, yeah. Don't worry. You tell them who you're with, and they'll they'll move mountains to get you whatever you need. I'm like, all right. So anyways, I show up at this, this club that night, me and a buddy, and... It's not even that late it's like nine o'clock or something we show up at this club tell them who I'm with my name's not on any list but I, I guess just having like the balls to say that I was with this person you know they they trusted me so anyways they take us up to this VIP lounge or whatever and it's a wild scene I'd never I was I remember thinking man my parents I don't know what they th- what they would think about this you know what I mean? Like there's, it was, I mean, it's not like a strip club. I mean, it's just a nightclub, but it was just rowdy. My
1: dad would be proud.
0: Yes, my dad would be proud. <laughs> he would. He Oh, for sure. But it was a <laughs> wild scene, dude. I mean, drinks were flowing, um, people everywhere. It, it was crazy. And I'm like, man, I mean, it's like, fuck, or excuse my language. I mean, there's like, what is it called? The smoke's blowing and the confettis. Are, it's crazy. Music's so loud. You can feel it in your chest. This is like a legit nightclub. And I'm with this buddy of mine. Who is more of a hand talker than me and you. I mean, he would make us look like we can't move our arms and legs, you know. He tells stories really wild and crazy, you know, throwing his arms around or whatever. And he's telling us this story right as this waitress is coming up behind him. Oh, and hits her. And he smacks her right in the mouth. (laughs) Hard, dude. It was horrible. And she drops a tray of drinks. It's a disaster. She falls down. I mean, it, it, I mean, he literally was not at all at fault.
1: Just flailing around. Flailing yeah, his arms yeah.
0: around. And he, I mean, but he got, I mean, he's like a monster of a human being, this particular person. And he knocks this gal off her feet. She falls down. And we're all like, oh, oh, oh. You know, everybody jumps up. Because we're, I mean, it was rowdy and raucous or whatever, but everybody's good people. So everybody jumps up to try to help this chick. And here come these two security guys. And they grab her. By the arms and like drag her off. And they're like, hey, it's everything's fine. Don't worry. You guys go back. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. And I'm like, man, I feel horrible. (laughs) This is this is terrible or whatever. But, anyways, about I don't know, 20 30 minutes later, here she comes back and she's got it together. She's cleaned up and she's it's okay. It happens. You know, we run, you know, this type of thing happens all the time. It just really surprised me. And I'm like, wow, what a, you know, this gal's a champ, you know, because I mean, she got decked. And she's, she's all right. So anyways, she comes back and uh, brings us all our drinks. And that's about the last thing I remember.
1: <laughs>
0: and, and seriously, she roofied us or something. <clears throat> I don't know what she gave us, uh, but myself, I woke up. the I. The, literally, the last thing I remember is her handing me a Grey Goose and Diet Coke, which I was just getting in. Like, I didn't drink much at that time because I was really trying hard to lose weight. You remember, like... At that time, I was probably 20 or 30 pounds into trying to lose 50 or 60. So I was super, I didn't drink a lot. I didn't eat a lot. So I take this drink and I take a couple, I remember taking a couple of drinks, like cheersing with the group. I remember that. And then the next thing I remember, I was in a hotel, I was in a bathroom stall, (laughs) soaked in my own sweat, sitting on a toilet with my clothes on, just sitting there. And I was kind of slumped up against the wall, just soaked in my own sweat. And my friend is outside the, the stall beating on the door trying to get me out of there. And I'm like, what is, what, I don't even know what's happened. Like, I, literally one drink. All I can assume is that the gal slipped to something.
1: I remember when I had my first drink. No, yes.
0: no, dude. I'm <laughs> just, just joking. I mean, I, I'm telling you. I know, I literally got drugged. No question. No question. So I'm proud of you. Thanks. Well, it was not a glamorous moment, dude. I like. How many people do you know that can say they got wheeled out, wheeled out of the MGM Grand in a wheelchair? Oh, wheelchair! I was in a wheelchair. Wow! They put me in a wheelchair. <laughs> this is humiliating, man. I'm like, this is. I'm never going to Vegas again. What have I gotten myself into? Holy crap! I literally they wheeled me out, and I'm in the taxi cab line with my buddies and they're like scared they think i'm gonna die they don't know what happened and i mean they know we all kind of got a pretty good idea what happened at this point so the the cab driver we're the next in line the cab guy won't let me in the cab because he thinks i'm drunk like i can't like i'm gonna puke or something you are no i wasn't (laughs) i literally wasn't dude oh and my my buddy god bless him is like listen i'll give you whatever you want However much might just take us to the hotel, now, like right now. So, anyways, we pile in this thing, and I woke up at like two o'clock the next afternoon. Um, the race was like over. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like I'd slept through the whole race in the bathtub. <laughs> That's where I woke up in the bathtub in my hotel room. It was horrible, man.
1: I hope you did it up right, though. I mean, you, you got to walk out of one of those places. You look like a disco ball because you got so much glitter on you and you smell like baby powder.
0: Uh, th- that's none, this wasn't a strip club. This was a nightclub. Oh. Literally. This there's no there's this is just a regular nightclub. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, just a regular nightclub. Ever been to one of those? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> it's I'm just it's a regular nightclub. That's all it was. So, but you
1: go you leave for the race, what, here in like an hour. An hour? Okay. Or two. And you're excited. I'm excited, man.
0: Yep. I love going to Vegas. I really do. Despite that horrible memory, um, I've rebounded, you mm-hmm. know. It, it's really reminiscent of The Hangover. That's what kind of I experienced was a very, it was very similar to The Hangover. But I'm excited about it, man, and I, I really just, this is a fun race to go to. Everybody's in a good mood, looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, I guess that's about it, right?
1: I'm going to have to fly. You've got to go to a party. Funeral, a farty. Gosh, you know my dad always said, uh, "Yeah, the funerals. I don't, I don't like those things. I, I don't, I don't go to them. I just don't like them." Like, yeah, Dad. Nobody does. Yeah, I mean, no, my nobody's God, nobody's looking like, forward to them. Oh my yeah, God, he that says is that. funny though. Yeah, but he says that, still says it. Yeah, I don't like those things.
0: Yeah, I'm. I I think it's important. I really. Closing notes here. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that, like, how many people show up at your funeral? That's like a sign of the impact you've made. That's what they always yeah, probably, say. Yeah. Like, how many people are going to show up at your funeral? You know, and it's uh, nobody wants to go, but I think it's important. Mm-hmm. I think they're important to go to. So yep. good on you, Murder Tundra. Yes, congratulations. All right. Well, there's 45 minutes of random storytelling and and talking about drag racing. Yeah, we Hope- got a little a little off subject <laughs> yeah, there a little bit, but it's it's Vegas week. It's Vegas week, man. I plan to get Weeks. off the subject all weekend. I've got uh, dinners. I got dinners t- tomorrow night.
1: Oh, I got great dinners this week, dude. So you come back, you'll be there for a week. No, I'm actually
0: coming home early. Oh, yeah? I'm only going to go to SEMA for like a day.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: I mean... Man, I... Once you've done it like 15 times, and and we... There's a couple of things. We're going to Saudi Arabia in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. We're going to see a lot of these people over there, Mm -hmm. right? And we're not going to have like... Anything else to do. Right. You, you know what I mean? We're going to be in Saudi Arabia, in the desert, with a bunch of our racing friends.
1: Cosima is so busy anymore. I mean, you can hardly get across the floor.
0: It's crazy, man. And I, as much as I like it, and I, for all the reasons that I've stated, that you can go see all this stuff, and you can see all these people, and it's inspiring to think that there's that much sto- stuff going on in drag racing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, it's like, ugh. It, there's, it's open to the public, basically, on the last couple of, Basically. I mean, basically. Anymore. They say it's not. But man, I see there's so many people there that that don't have anything to and do. Everybody with has this. that roll
1: behind luggage thing that they're sticking every free thing they can get into that box, you know, stickers, keychains, oh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: And hey, we all like that stuff. We got a fridge covered in stickers, but we it's do. like that's not what it's for. And I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm not. I'm not bagging on it. But I, a day of it will be plenty. I pay a hundred bucks to park or whatever at that hotel across <laughs> yeah. the street, and I'll go. Hang out. I'm taking Alicia. She's never been to SEMA. I want her to see it for those reasons we just talked about. See how busy it is, how crazy it is. But as soon as that's over, um, I'm flying home. So cool. I'll be back and we will uh, do the show and do all these normal things. And we got a ton of stuff to do. So we do. thanks for taking the time, man. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Please. Uh, stay tuned to my little sponsorship series. I think this is going really well. If you need anything else from us, let us know. Wes at Drag dot com. Shoot me an email. I got several other notes to go through, uh, but we are uh, unfortunately out of time. So I'll talk to you guys next time. Sounds great.